Welcome back to um, our podcast, Smashing Year 12 English. I'm Bella, and today I'm here talking about The Golden Age by Joan London. Um, we're providing an insight into some of the ideas and themes, and I'm saying where, as in there's more than just me, because I'm here with the lovely, drumroll, Ricky Mazzella. Hello, Bella. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. That's good. Um, I thought you'd be a lovely person to get on to this um, podcast on the Golden Age because you are a big fan. I am. I loved it, which apparently makes me a strange person because it sounds like I'm the only one who actually loved it. But, yes, I, I did. I really enjoyed that book. You definitely were. I did not like it at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I definitely didn't. Um, but I'm glad that you did. And um, I, so I wanted to get some insight into the text through your eyes. Um, so let's get started. I've got a few questions for you and let's have a bit of a chat about this text. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. First question. Can you talk a bit about the context of the Golden Age? So what's it all about? So the Golden Age um, takes place in the 19, late 1950s. Um, it's set in Perth and the main character is Frank Gold. So there's sort of two references to Golden Age here. Um, Frank Gold is a young man who's come out as a refugee from Hungary through um, after World War II and has been through quite some awful experiences during the war and is now learning how to settle in and have a whole new life in Perth. And lo and behold, the poor young chap gets struck down with polio, which, of course, was one of the last large um, epidemics that we have here. And he ends up in a convalescent home um, called the Golden Age, where he is with a whole heap of other children who've also got polio, some hit more severe than others. And it basically follows his story as he tries to recover um, the connections that he makes with the other patients, the connections he makes with the staff at the Golden Age, um, and how the whole thing affects his parent. Frank is an only child, um, and so we do get to know both his mum and dad quite well throughout this story and how they experience this whole really quite nightmare of a time of settling into a new country, having come out as refugees, um, learning the ropes of being in a new country while... Um, managing this whole situation with Frank being so sick and not even um, being sure whether he's going to survive or what his long-term outlook is like. Beautiful. Jeez. Did you write The Golden Age? Are you actually joined London? But I really like the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, great work. Um, yeah, no, totally. I couldn't even – I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, it was an interesting structure for the text because – I don't know, the chapters to me, I think that's why I found it so hard to read. The chapters were really, um, like, you could read the, each chapter as its own individual story. Yeah. And that's why I found it really hard because I, I guess it obviously did relate to a, a single kind of storyline, but they were very, like, standalone chapters. I, I don't know, I found it really disconnected or certain bits. I, I had to go back because I was listening to it through audiobook because um, I really struggle with reading, uh, like paper books kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, I had to re-listen to certain sections because I found it really hard to follow at certain points, especially across chapters. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting that you say that because I think that was actually one of the reasons that I quite enjoyed reading the book um, mm-hmm. was that quite, like most other people, life gets quite busy and the fact that I could just pick up and just read one chapter and walk away, like it wasn't sort of a, a book I had to sit down and read in one go, but also the fact that because of the way it was written, because of the structure, and each chapter would sometimes represent another character's voice Mm-hmm. So the, the poly voices that are coming through the text where you sort of get an insight into what Elsa is thinking, you get an insight into what Ida the mum is thinking or Frank the dad or that it sort of sees it from all these different perspectives. And I've always really enjoyed books that do that, that do investigate. So you, you've got the same story. They're all, it's all, you know, from a practical level, it's all the same thing that's happening to all of them, but they see it in such a different way. The, the mm-hmm. experience is so very different, even down to um, the staff that are at the convalescent home and their experience of working there and, and the things that are going on in their private lives. Um, yeah, sure. Good point, definitely. I, um, yeah, I, I, it, it was interesting. Don't get me wrong. Not a fan. It was interesting, um, but no, good point. Um, I must say though, there were a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I was putting, I've been putting together some text resources, some summaries and, and whatnot around the text. Um, yes. When I go through the Golden Age, I think my characters section of the table was like, you know, forty pages long. There were a few dozen characters throughout, um, which brings me to my next question. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like the transition? <laughs> very smooth, Bella. Very smooth. I'm talking a little bit about the characters, so I want to get a, uh, I want to get a bit of an insight into who you thought the, your, like the most VIP characters were, and what were they like? Who stood out to you the most? Well, this is where it gets interesting because I actually think it had quite a broad range of VIP characters um, <laughs> because of the way the book was structured. It was really sort of hard to say. Obviously, Frank, yes, Frank was the main character, but there was all these different characters that had such a strong influence in driving the story forward and where I got quite fascinated with what was going on in their heads. Um, In my mind, it just about came down to, like, you could really, you could create, like, 30 spin-offs, do you know what I mean? You could really, oh, unlimited amounts of ways that you could really um, take this text much further. But, I mean, obviously there's Frank, yes, but then there's Elsa, the young girl that he, um on the one hand it's a very innocent young first love crush kind of thing and on the other hand they were very mature about you know beyond their years mm-hmm. Probably a combination of well people were in the 1950s but also with everything that he had been through I mean he obviously had to grow up very very fast because of the quite horrific things that he had experienced when Budapest got bombed and he's hiding in this attic and just trying to get out of Budapest with bullets flying around them. Um, obviously terribly, terribly confronting. Um, so he's obviously the main character. Elsa is very much so the way she's experiencing things probably as a more traditional young Australian girl hasn't probably quite experienced as much of life as Frank as Frank had at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got his parents, which, again, you know, very interesting the way his parents are written up, you know, on just on a first point of contact thinking, oh, his dad is more relaxed and more cool and he gets along better with his dad, his dad will actually come and see him. But then realising that 
the mum, it's, you know, she's probably so attached that she actually really struggles to see him lying in bed and see him ill. Um, and she, the way she's really struggling with that whole situation, that means that maybe she doesn't actually come and visit as much because it's very confronting with her, for her. Um, you've got the whole, you know, can't help but think, you know, it was really interesting reading this book now with COVID hitting and, you know, she's talking about how she can't. Sorry, sorry about the phone call in the background. Continue. <laughs> I didn't even hear that. Um, my, my computer was glitching. Um, but how, you know, the mum can't get served at the butchers because mm-hmm. her child's got polio. So that whole, you know, she's been tainted. So mm-hmm. they're, again, they're once again, they're on the outer of society. Mm-hmm. watching in and being ostracized again like they just were during the war in Europe and um and then of course you've got um you've got oh my gosh I've got blank what's his name Bella what's his name what's his ba- name why do I why do I oh, Sullivan. I keep thinking Sebastian Sullivan 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 <laughs> Sullivan my head for a brief second became Sebastian hey, um, it could work people know but Sullivan, who's, you know, so much more ill than Frank and stuck mm-hmm. in this iron lung, like he is quite literally confined to the point where he can't even breathe freely. So mm-hmm. complete restricted movement. Um, and I can't, you know, I sort of thought straight up, obviously there were so many reasons that Frank connected with him at so many different levels. I mean, Frank had sit had himself been stuck in an attic, hiding, unable to move, very restricted movement. Yeah. Um, unable to breathe, that lack of the f- being robbed of freedom. And here's Sullivan stuck in the iron lung and um, and their shared passion for poetry. And then, of course, the absolute dreadful outcome that Sullivan is one of the kids who doesn't make it. And then Frank having, survived, having survivor's guilt and, you know, he makes it but Sullivan doesn't. Yeah. And and the effect of the parents, the effects on, on everyone. So yeah. um, I would certainly say that they would be, the absolute key characters and then with some very interesting side characters amongst the staff as well who work there and it's a huge portfolio of characters really. Definitely. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, you know, I think that was reflected in the creative pieces that students wrote around this text. So this text is an analytical essay um, at certain schools, um, you know, it, it centres around the analytical essay that students some students have to write but in terms of the creative piece I think that's why there was so much diversity because the characters were all so unique um and so and very solid and I must say you know I'll give Joan London some credit there she writes really three-dimensional characters like you know that's a task in itself like yeah it gave it gave the students a lot to talk about um a lot of pre, you know, preemptive understanding around the characters to, you know, grab and run forth with in terms of like writing, you know, whether it be journals or whether it was letters or whether it was, you know, um, pre-chapters or post-chapters interactions with between certain characters. Like the creative pieces were phenomenal. So um, interesting. Mm. The characters were very well developed, I must say. Um, we can talk about the characters in relation to the themes as well. Um, because the themes through this text, you know, a lot of a lot of schools, a lot of classrooms will, you know, reflect on different things. Um, but you've got your most prevalent ones as such. Um, so, uh, Ricky, what were the most prevalent themes for you through the Golden Age? 
Oh, look, the first one that I'd have to spring to mind to me would be about isolation. Sure. Um, being being removed from your family, being restricted in your movement, being um, having even isolation from a point of being a newcomer into a new community, mm-hmm. having to make your way, being isolated in that others, in how others perceive you, um, the nurses who have to live at the home with the children and their isolation from their own families. It's just isolation at so many layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, with that, mm-hmm. and with that, a sense of belonging too, right, because they go hand in hand. You, If Absolutely. you're suffering from isolation, then you're obviously um, feeling restricted and as you don't belong in particular areas. And we get that through even the supporting characters, like, you know, um, Frank's parents and their, you know, I mean, at a purely um, foundational level, the fact that they're refugees, you know, um, coming to a different country that's not their own and having to, you know, assimilate to that new culture. Um, yeah. For sure, definitely. Isolation, a big one. Um, and family, I think, would have to be such a big one. Um, the family unit and how you do family, um, seeing how the different children at the convalescent home, how they interact with their families mm-hmm. and how they become each other's families because they're stuck together in this shared experience. Um, Elsa, who will go in and care for the babies because the parents can't be there. And you sort of see family in this whole different narrative and quite turned upside down and how the sisters become like parents for the children and, and really care for the children and so it really sort of shows family in a very interesting perspective and and family at a time where a lot of them have quite literally had to fight for survival. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, freedom. I think freedom would have to be another really big one, being able to, whether it's Sullivan's fight to get out of the iron lung or Frank's when, he, when they first make their big trip to the beach, being able to actually get outside, get out of the convalescent home, be able to breathe fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, freedom as in Frank as a 13-year-old teenager wanting to break free from his parents and become this young man um, and the fact that he ends up living in New York and actually leaving Australia again. Like there are so many different layers of freedom and, and breaking, yeah, breaking free in a way. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. it's a very hopeful, I mean, it's, we're talking a lot about isolation and whatnot, um, which presents the text very in a very bleak way, but it is quite hopeful at, in snippets. Like um, I must say, Joan London is fantastic at, you know, finding the silver lining, I guess, um, and I think it's presented through all these relationships that we see, you know, with um, amongst the children in the, in the golden age um, and how they interact with each other and how they, care for each other and understand each other and really connect um, and and understand experiences. So, and I think it's really nice. I really enjoyed the relationship between Frank and Elsa for that reason. Yeah. I thought it was quite beautiful. And at the end of the text, I thought that they would be sure to be together. Um, I, was, I was almost a little bit disappointed when, you know, um, Frank was writing Elsa letters and she wasn't replying. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, I think throughout the entire book, I think it's written with a certain level of that childhood innocence kind of comes through in that really beautiful friendships amongst the kids. 
mm-hmm. and uh, an absolute optimism. And even with the ending that, yeah, Frank and Elsa did not end up together, did they? But even the ending is like, well, Elsa got what she always wanted. She got to become a doctor. She got to be married and have kids. It's all Elsa ever wanted. That, you know, that that beauty is still there at the end, that optimism that, you know what, you go through some terrible things in life, but things will turn out all right. It's yeah. kind of the mood that I walked away with. I don't know. I think I I was looking at the past papers uh, for the Golden Age and I come across a question that was all about, um, oh, it, it essentially centred around this whole idea that the Golden Age is, you know, the, the, the children end up, they get what they want kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up who they're meant to be. And I just, I don't know, I just, it was kind of, it was, to me, it was a bit disappointing that there was no reflection on how these experiences, um, you know, made them, like, their connections from these shared experiences lasted and, and it developed them. It, it ultimately did, you know, mould them into who they had to be when they were older. But I don't know, I, just, I think I wanted a bit more. Like, I just, I feel like I needed a bit more. Mm. I don't know. I might email Joan London. Yeah. I might, I might bring it up with management. I, I, if, you know, I feel like doing the same thing, saying to Joan, come on, there's a good 30 other novels in this. There's like 30 spin-offs you can do. I want to hear more about, you know, the golden age. you know. <laughs> the golden age, Sullivan's experience. The golden age, Myron, um, Ida's experience. Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> She'll be getting a few emails from us. I think during our next literacy workshop, we're going to facilitate every student writing emails to Joan London. Um, if you're listening, Joan, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's probably not, you know, but hey. <laughs> I'm hopeful. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk. So we talked a bit about themes, but I want, I, I want to get an understanding of you personally, Ricky. Oh, God. Uh, this is we're getting very up close and personal through yep. pod, through podcast through Zoom. Um, yep. What would you say is the key message of this text? I want you to dig super deep and tell me what do we learn from engaging with the golden age? What are um, you? Sorry, I'll say you. I'll direct it to you. Yeah, let's, just say, let's, just say, let's just say what what did I take away from it? Why did I like it so much? Because you know maybe I'm not quite normal. I'm not sure. Um, what did I, I take away from that already? I think to me it was about, I don't know, there were so, so, so many things in this text that I connected with at so many different levels. Um, I'm a migrant trying to fit into a new life. Um, the whole global pandemic kind of thing, the fact that we were reading this through COVID. Um, oh, could have, it fit like a glove, didn't oh, it? Far out, honestly. You could, I, And I think that, too, that that just highlighted my experience of it. Oh, for sure. Um, I think um, just the whole family relationship, that relationship between parents and children, I really took a lot from that as well. But I think, you know, when it comes to messages and, you know, what what, what did I take away from it? Something about that positivity, about that things will be okay, and you, and that it's okay to be who you are. Like it's, it's to me that was a really strong message. That you know what we go through. Some all of us have things that happen in life at different times. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. Something's going to happen in your life at different stages, and that we come out stronger on the other side. 
mm-hmm. and that sometimes those relationships that we make when we are at our lowest or painted into a corner that that it can be a very unifying experience and that the friendships that were made you sort of got that feeling that you know there's a there was a lot of love and a lot of care amongst people who were not family but got plunked together in this yeah. home and had to navigate this experience together and yeah. yeah what did you what did you think Bella <laughs> a bit of a makeshift family um it's funny you say that <laughs> but I guess it's very telling of you Ricky very positive very optimistic <laughs> and in saying that I'm incriminating myself I it to me it was quite a negative message I will okay. maybe not me- negative maybe neutral I guess but like um reading past um essay questions and I, I think I did a plan for one I want to say a couple months ago um the question was all about um Frank ultimately ending up alone mm-hmm. uh, like after everything he can only kind of rely on himself yeah. um and I, and I took that to be quite memorable in the in my kind of interpretation of the text I I thought that they that at the end of the day, you know, it was very much driven by fate and about and by individual growth, I guess, an individual experience, yeah. an individual, um, oh, what would you say, individual reliance and resilience. Yeah. I guess I, I think it was like it was very prominent, you know, all the love and the family stuff, all that through totally. But yeah, I just I took it a bit more to be a bit a bit darker, a bit more. It is what it is. That kind of mantra, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I see where you're going with it. Yeah, but I'm just going to flip that on the head again because <laughs> trust me, what do you trust me? me. It wouldn't be me if I didn't do that. I'm just going to say, yeah, you know what? Frank came out so strong that he did have the resilience and the independence to go off and do what he wanted to do. And you're right, he didn't rely on anyone else. But that could be positive as well, that he didn't rely on anyone else. I just I just thought the, the, the juxtaposition from yeah. the start of well from the story from the start of the story where he's, you know, obviously uh, alone coming to the golden age, living with all these um his makeshift family and everyone's lovey dovey yeah. and caring for each other, blah blah blah. And then, you know, ultimately ending up, yes, as a writer. Yeah, reflecting on his experiences, um, but still not not really connected to anyone. Yeah, yeah. I I just I feel like yeah. I think he goes through this like evolution where it's like he he's not connected. Then he finds a place of belonging, but it's it, to me it's almost a temporary place of belonging because mm. ultimately he ends up by himself. Um, and and in that, you know, his illness, yes, a lot of other kids in the facility had the same illness, but it was presented in different ways. Um, and he could connect with them for sure, but at the end of the day, nobody had his experience. His experience was definitely yeah. unique and so was Elsa's and so was Sullivan, unique to themselves, and that's yes, they can really know. Mm. Oh, interesting how the text has two different interpretations yeah. I guess and I think that's okay I, I enjoy that I like to well that's the beauty about, that that's the whole thing about English isn't it yeah, you know sure. no, there's no specific right or wrong like we each yeah. have arguments about why we feel the way we feel 
definitely, definitely. Thanks. I'll send you an essay prompt later, Ricky, and we can both. Oh, yeah. No worries. <laughs> I'll just mess out 20 pages on that by tomorrow. Not a problem. Why do you, Ricky, think that this is an English text? I ask myself this question about a lot of the texts that are dry to me. (laughs) (laughs) I've been watching Charlie's Country, which is a, um, it's an analytical text and it's also comparative um, compared to tracks, um, which I haven't read tracks yet, but I'm on it. Um, It's on my to-do list. Um, It's good tracks. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. It's it's a book, right? Is that correct? Yeah, cool. I'm going to have to download the audio book. My Audible subscription gets a workout i'm telling you (laughs) (laughs) why do you think the golden age by joan london is an english text why is it important to study oh gosh well in my my opinion i think one of the reasons it is an english text is you know the reason i enjoyed it and the reason you did not enjoy it as much (laughs) (laughs) that was that was being positive um I think the way Joan has written it, mm-hmm. um, structure of it, the poly voices that we spoke about before, the fact that, you know, it's it's the same shared story but you, you hear it from all these different perspectives. Um, I think that's one of the reasons it's been chosen as a text. I think the, the way she has actually structured that text is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to... One of the reasons I absolutely love to read and why I I am a self-confessed English nerd, I love English, I love getting an insight into it, is I I always come at the characters from quite a psychological, you know, let's deconstruct what they're thinking and what they're saying. To me, there's more psychology in it than anything else. I love that. And I just think... um, Oh, look, I'm, I'm sure I'm a self-educated counsellor just from reading too many books. Of <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I do think that, you know, her insight into the many different characters and, and the way she's taken one experience but seeing it from all these different viewpoints, yeah. um, obviously there's a historical aspect in it. Um, whoever put it together, whoever put together the study guide, what, three, four years ago and picked this book and we ended up reading it in the middle of a global pandemic, I'm just saying somebody needs to pay rice because that was really good prediction. I'm really quivering to see what texts are going to be in the next five years, whether we're going to have zombie attack or Martian and, you know, here come the aliens, whatever, I'm going to quiver next time. But um I do. Th- if War of the Worlds is one of the texts on the next <laughs> set of lists, we um, need to panic. <laughs> yeah, we're going. We're going. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That would be my my viewpoint. What about you, Bella? What do you think? Um, I was thinking about this actually. What again? Watching Charlie's Country. Um, because I'm not a massive fan of Australian literature. Um, and not and not for any particular reason. I just find it. I don't know. I, in saying that, though. Um, I watched The Dry recently. Oh, um, it's seen that yet. yeah, it's good. It's an Australian movie set in um, oh, the middle of Whoop Whoop kind of thing. Um, yeah. and it's really good. Like, and and again, like I'm not a massive um fan of Australian literature, but it was really good. To be honest, like I, I know I talk a lot of smack about the Golden Age. <laughs> um, it was. It is, you can understand it's a literary piece because I think all literary pieces have this, like, social commentary. It It's connectable. Like, and as you said, Ricky, like, you know, the pandemic 
COVID number one, like um, coincidentally, of course, um, but the pandemic and, you know, but also this whole kind of concept of belonging. And I think all of the themes in all of the English texts really resonate with the year 12 experience. Yes. Um, and of course, you know, in future years as yes. well. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it really resonates with what people go through. The um, themes are so, so relevant to what people go through consistently, you know, feelings of belonging, feelings of isolation, um, whether it be illnesses and, you know, physical, mental illnesses, you know. Um, mental health is a massive thing currently. Mm. Um, this, this big kind of um, promotion of positive mental health and awareness around that. And I think... You know, these if if even if there was no polio, um, if that wasn't a thing within John London's The Golden Age, these kids would still have relevant feelings of isolation and belonging and you know, um there's there's a there's a classic timelessness about it, a very universal experience, isn't there? Very mm -hmm. universal experience. So, you know, I mean, not that I have polio, but I could definitely connect to Frank and his um, you know, feelings of being different, even if, even if it's not as extreme as, you know, migrating from a war-torn country. I know you can, not war-torn as such, but, war but, migrating. Can, yeah. Yeah, but migrating, you can definitely connect to that. And I think oh, I, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's relatable, hashtag relatable. I think that's a thing. I don't know. I'm not cool enough. Um, <laughs> we don't speak young people's talk. No, hashtag. Um, yeah, but I think it is. I think, um, and we can analyze it in so many ways. Like you know, you can you can you can perceive this text through a feministic lens. You can perceive it through you know um, different different uh, different types of lenses, and it still works really well. Um, you can pull characters out and talk about them independently, and it still works. Like it's mm. it's very flexible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. very adaptable. Um, let's talk very briefly, because I'm very aware of the time, let's talk very briefly on the 2020 exam question, or one of them, because there's always two exam questions on um, the exam for each, mm -hmm. for each essay, as you know, as you're very aware of. Um, so for the analytical essay, this is one of the questions. Polio was challenging for the parents as it was, sorry, I've already messed it up. This is a podcast, guys. It's, you know, one take and I stuff it up every time. Polio was as challenging for the parents as it was for the children. Do you agree? Um, how would you go about approaching this, Ricky? Oh, good question. Um, Focus on I think I would start off by just sort of thinking whether do I actually agree or not. And it's, um, I can see where they're going with it, but I actually don't like how they've worded it. And I probably shouldn't criticise an exam question, but my brain straight up goes, hang on. Um, criticise away. Oh, look, uh, no, I don't think it was as challenging. I think it was, I think parents and children for each, it was incredibly challenging, but I think the challenges were very different. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's probably how I would comment it, that um, yeah. in many ways you could argue that it's actually more challenging for the parents because more insight and awareness of just how serious the situation could be mm -hmm. um, and more 
um, fear for the outcomes of their children. It's um, whereas the children, children have a magnificent resilience, don't they? They just sort of go, this is what's happening to me and the grown-ups say I have to do this so this is what I'm doing. Whereas parents can, you know, do the bigger scale thinking. And um, so how would I approach it? That's a good question. You're the structure lady, Bella. How, how, would, you, how would you structure an essay <laughs> like this? Look, I think you're totally right. I'm so glad you said that you would think about where you sat with regards to this, responding to this. I think that's in the, like, the most important thing at the start um, when when um, coming across an essay prompt like this um, because it's a do you agree question. So you ultimately have to, you know, make a decision. And Yes or no. Yeah. yeah yes or no kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, no, I totally agree. I think I would take it the same way you has have said. Um, def- definitely challenging, but e- uh, challenging in different ways, um, which are not measurable against each other. I mm. find. Um, yeah, exactly. Look, I think I would. Um, we're going to talk very soon um, in our next lot of literacy workshops about eight-minute plans. Um, so, for everyone listening, please be on the lookout for that. Um, definitely attend the workshops because I feel like I would most likely focus on evidence first around this specific question um, and around my contention. So I'd have to develop my contention that, you know, aligns with this prompt and responds directly to the question. And my evidence would centre around responding to that contention or supporting it. Um, And my three key paragraphs would probably focus on maybe comparisons around parents and kids. So I'd probably only talk about Frank and his parents, Elsa and her parents, um, maybe Sullivan and his dad. Yeah. Um, and I was looking at um, when I was doing the resource building and I was ta- uh, talking about focusing on all of the characters and such, um, the kid, oh, what was his name? His dad, Mr. Poole and, and his son. You know what I'm talking about? Ah, yes, I think I do. Mr. Paul and his son, Kid Paul. We're going to call him that. <laughs> no, um, that was an interesting relationship. Uh, I might I might spend one paragraph unpacking Frank, one unpacking Elsa, and then my third paragraph will talk about the, I guess, the supportive characters um, and unpack that as well. Or, you know, yeah, I think I might take it that way. At a three, you know, this this text is so 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 big, um, mm. physically, <laughs> such a long book. But also, um, you know, in terms of the content, in terms of the characters and the storyline and everything, when it comes to a prompt like this uh, for a text that's this size, it's really important to set your scope, um, identify which characters you are going to focus on and which you aren't. Yeah. Um, and have really good reasons for that, I think. Mm. Um, super duper important. Yeah. Yeah. You agree? I completely agree. Because <laughs> it really does get very big very quickly. We could, we could oh, go yeah. on a tangent over 100 different things. Yeah, and for so sure. It's one of those where you really want to stay on task yeah. and make sure that you don't go off on a tangent because mm-hmm. we know that that's how people lose marks. So oh, stay on task. And answer the question, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Ricky. 
I think that's it. (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed it. I think that's it. I must say I'm done with this book. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk about it anymore, but we will. Um, We will in revision. Hopefully um, our students, our audience have um, engaged with this podcast and got a bit out of it. I hope we've been helpful in in our conversations around the golden age. Um, maybe we should pose a question. Who's team Ricky? Who's team Bella in relation to who likes the book and who doesn't? I think we'll put, I think that's a good idea. Team Ricky, team Bella. Absolutely. I'll put Absolutely. it up on teams. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and if, if you win, um, Ricky, I'll buy you a coffee. <laughs> Sounds good, Bella. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you so much, Ricky. Thank you for joining. Thanks, Bella. Um, pleasure to have you. Um, I think we've done some solid analysis. And, yeah, in talking about the Golden Age by Joan London, a, a fantastically long text. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope this has been helpful. Any last words, Ricky? Sorry, that sounds super morbid. Any um, final comments? Just keep reading, keep enjoying it because <laughs> you will always find something in every text that you read that you will connect with, I promise you. There'll always be something. Definitely. Except for the Golden Age. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Ricky, and we will chat to you soon in another um, Smashing Year 12 English. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.